You're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I recap and analyze the second episode of Chuck, Chuck vs. the Helicopter. Remember to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at gochuckpodcast. Like and subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. Here we go. series based on our pilot and we are doing so so well it is um unfortunately though similar to the pilot of chuck and the subsequent season of chuck we did have to replace some characters um so we had to get rid of that aaron arata character from the first episode and fans you know responded kind of well to her but not strongly enough um, she's gone and we want to take it in a different direction so i am of course joined here right now my name is chris gillespie and i'm joined by Knives, knives. Knives, knives. Oh, you're back, knives, yeah, knives. Knives, knives is uh, I I have replaced uh, the Aaron Arata character because we alluded to knives, knives in the first yes, episode, yeah. and we pretended to be knives, knives. Yes. But now you're actually here. Yes. Um, I'm assuming because you heard we were talking smack about you in the first yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, I had reached out to Aaron to buy her PlayStation. Um, once I heard the first episode, I said I would be much better. Right. Um, so I reached out to Chris. Uh, through through Facebook, I guess I, I found him on Aaron's page somehow, and here I am, Nine, cool. knives in it up. Well, I'm glad that you're here, knives knives. And um, what happened to Aaron? Because it sounds like you met to exchange a PlayStation Three, and then she's dead. She's dead. Yeah, I use oh. the knives. Wait, can she come to the phone right now? No, she's dead. Okay. But I do have the old tailor on hold for you, if you'd like to speak with her. Okay, so the old tailor is still alive. Yes. she Well, she's available to speak on the phone. Oh, so she's dead, but she's available to speak on the phone? Yes. Is it like a ghost phone? Yes. It's like the show Ghost Rider that used to air on Noggin, but I think before that it was on a different network. It was from, like, the 80s. Okay. It was a very good show. But it's like that, but they have phones. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Can I, um, if I just, if I dial this number that you have right here, will it put me through to Old Taylor? Mm. Let, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Let, okay, let me try it. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Ring, 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 ring. Hello? Old Taylor? Hi. Old Taylor, hi, how's it going? It's alright, I'm dead, so. Yeah, you're, what's the afterlife like? I could tell you. You could, yes, please. But, uh, that's not allowed here. Sorry. My very strict rules from, uh, David Bowie. Made the rules. David Bowie made the rules. Yeah, he's, he's a, here. He's here. He, can he come to the phone? No, he can't. Okay, that's, I understand that. But he's a relatively new addition to... I mean, he's not... He's newly dead in the... Yeah. In, you know? Yeah. But he just made the rules. He came in and changed Yes, everything. once he arrived. Uh, it used to be uh, St. Saint, Saint Peter, I think. But right. then it was... Uh, Saint Saint David, as we all refer to him. Well, that's sweet. So the afterlife is just David Bowie, like a big David Bowie art installation now. Yes, it's basically the Brooklyn Museum. But wow, forever. Sweet. Except I can get to the afterlife. I cannot get to the Brooklyn Museum to see the David Bowie exhibit because it's too crowded. I suppose that's true. Okay. Well, thanks for talking to me, old, old Taylor. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Click. Okay. So we're back here with Go Chuck Yourself, episode two. Uh, I am here with Knives Knives. Um, I think if we, I think if we pray hard enough, 
we, I, you know, Knives Knives, I've enjoyed having him as a co-host, but I, I really want Aaron back. So I'm just going to pray really, really hard, and maybe if I pray hard enough, Aaron will come back to life. Who are you, are you going to pray to David Bowie? Uh, I know I didn't hear that conversation, but uh, I just knew. Right. I, uh, yeah, I'll pray to David Bowie. That's okay. a, that will be great. Right. Um, uh, dear David Bowie, um, Z Stardust in all your power and magic. Um, I really like some of your albums. Uh, you're really great. I'm sorry that I didn't get into you until after you died, but I read a really interesting obituary about you, so then I kind of appreciated your, your trajectory as an artist when I saw a documentary. Uh, so I really respect your work now, and I would just appreciate it if you could let Aaron Arata come back down to help co-host. Oh my god, here she is! I'm back! It's me! I'm alive! Oh, so glad to, to have you back, Aaron. Thanks. What, um, in an alternate universe, what happened to your PlayStation 3? Uh, it was, it was sold to a, a very nice woman who, uh, was bringing it to Columbia. Oh. Uh, for her son. Cool. Or her nephew. Someone related to her in That's Columbia. Sweet. Nice. It was nice. She was really nice. The first guy I was supposed to send it, or give it to, uh, did not show up. So, uh, I gave it to this very nice woman. That's great. Yeah, That's good to great. hear. Yeah, it's, it's a nice story. Cool. Good to good to hear. I'm um, um, still trying to sell my desk and my TV, so if anyone, uh, hopefully it will have sold by the time this is out. But uh, if not, if you want to reach <laughs> out to me in the past, yeah, uh, just just into the internet ether. Probably I have a TV for you. Can't hurt. Yeah, can't hurt. Um, all right, so that was that's good. Uh, that's something I wanted to cover. We are going to uh, if this is your first time listening to go check yourself. Uh, why didn't you start with the first episode? Good question. Uh, but if you didn't, that's fine. This is the show where we talk about the series Chuck that aired on NBC uh, 11 years ago. It was my favorite show at the time. I have not seen it since, but we were re-watching it. Uh, Aaron, it also holds significant uh, significance for Aaron. It's something, a show that she likes that she watched when it premiered, but then her dad left the room. He did leave the room. Which I think at some point, would, would we be able to talk to your dad I, yeah, at I think, some point I think maybe we down get the line, John Arota onto the podcast. That would that would be sweet. Yeah, he okay. can tell you all about how he hated Chuck. Um, I did in watching this episode uh, glean some new insight into what made me uh, start watching Chuck again. So more on that later. Cool. But pretty exciting stuff. Right. So we talk about uh, episode two of Chuck, which is called Chuck versus the Helicopter. Bringing in the verses on this episode. Yes, and. We, um, as you can see, the uh, one of the reoccurring themes of this show, a motif, if you will, is verbal pauses. So if you love verbal pauses, then you are in for a real treat. And have a great time. If you did, li- if you did listen to the first episode, you understand the uh, pivotal role that verbal pauses play. I'm really, the third host. Really, the say. third host. It's definitely the presence of verbal pauses just kind of hangs over everything. Uh, and there are also some other things that I wanted to mention from the first episode. If you just listened to it, uh, which hopefully you did, if you didn't, we'll stop and wait for you to listen to the first we'll have episode. have a verbal pause while a you non-verbal pause. Non-verbal pause. Non-verbal pause. So we'll just take a second and you can pause us. Okay, so hopefully you listened to the first episode and we're back. Um, so there's a few things that I wanted to touch upon from the first episode because I listened to it back and... I just said a lot of insane things that I just wanted to correct real quick. Um, at one point, we talk about 
famous alumni from the school that we went to, which is Emerson College. Not to brag, uh, but you already know that because you heard about this in Expressions, the alumni magazine. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't think of one famous Emerson alumni. Not one. We couldn't? We couldn't. We didn't name one. I, we made up, it was Nancy Drew's boyfriend was the only person we could think oh, yeah. of. We spent four years at this college. I thought you were trying to say fictional people. No, I wasn't. I was trying okay. to name legitimate real right, people, and did. I failed. Okay. So were you holding back? Yeah. So can you name some? Because uh, I wrote some down. Bobby Brown, makeup artist. Yeah. For makeup in my room. Uh, Jay Leno didn't go there, but there's some contention with that. Uh, the Fonz, whatever. Henry Wink. Henry Winkler. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Star of TV's Barry. <laughs> um. He's not Barry, but he is one okay. of the major is he the Is he the actor coach guy? Yes, he is. He's, a, he's the guy. So I thought, um, I was in LA, and I saw ads for Barry for the first time, and I thought they were just, like, posters of an acting coach. I didn't put together that that was someone Oh, I saw one of those here school. in New York. Yeah, and then I pointed out to my friend, like, I saw those in LA. This guy must be expanding. And then he was like, oh, no, that's that's the funds. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great, but this show isn't about Barry. It's about Chuck. It's a so shame. maybe ten years from now, I'll, we can do. Yeah, because that's also a show about like a white man with a name. Right. His name is the title of the show. Right. I was I was wondering actually as I was watching the episode if the show would be different if Chuck had a different first name. Probably, or if they if he went by Charlie instead because he's Charles. Oh yeah, Charlie. Yeah. No, I don't like no, that. That'd be kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I yeah, there's there's Dennis Leary went to Emerson College. Right. Kevin Bright. One of the oh, executives yeah, yeah. are friends. How do, how do we forget Kevin Bray? Norman Lear, American icon who <laughs> redefined television, pop did, culture, comedy. That. Maria Menudo's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Extra. Bill and, Burr, and Nuvi. I think. You're forgetting Nuvi. Nuvi? Yeah. It's, uh, it plays before shows at uh, Regal Cinemas. Oh, is she on that? Yeah, she is. Oh, that's, she that's is great. Miss Nuvi. She also has a podcast that she promotes very heavily. So I think we should take a moment and just uh, a PSA for getting to the movies early so you yes, can so catch you can exclusive catch content. Yeah, with Maria Menounos. <laughs> um, okay, so that's that was something I wanted to address because why we couldn't think of anyone from Emerson College, I don't know. We also, speaking of Emerson, we refer to ourselves in the most sober, sad introduction <laughs> that I've ever heard. So I'm trying to jazz it up right now, make it a little bit more exciting. It's making jazz hands. We refer to, maybe you don't do this, I think you do, but I do it. We refer to ourselves and each other as storytellers a lot, which is yeah, insufferable. Did that. I did not, I'm sorry. I did not do that. I do not refer to myself as a storyteller in real life. I don't, I don't identify with that at all. I mean, I guess I'm a writer, Aaron's a writer, I produce things sometimes of other media, Aaron also does that, I don't know, we just do all kinds of things, I'm not a storyteller, I apologize for that. Um, Thank you for your apology, Yeah, I will accept that. I also apologize for all the hacking and wheezing and coughing that you heard in the first episode from me, I was coming out of a cold and I cough a little bit, Uh, but I'm better now. I am... But you're saying, I am getting over a cold. You're getting so over a cold. It may, okay. it may happen. Cool. Uh, I don't think I'll cough, but I have a lot of uh, gross, gross stuff just in my body. So. Oh wow, that's yeah. a that's a real treat for the <laughs> listeners at home to know. Uh, there's also a point. <laughs> what if what if the show just becomes? Well, if we reach a certain point where we don't have time to talk about <laughs> new episodes of Chuck because we're too busy correcting stupid things that we said in the previous it's episode. A, it's a living. Anyhow. At one point, I refer to something that appears in the intersect. I say, 
completely without hesitation, no <laughs> verbal pauses, I refer to this thing as an Egyptian pharaoh tomb in a suit. I have since gone to the Met, and I have since been reacquainted with the word sarcophagus, which is what this thing was. It was a sarcophagus in a suit, and I... <laughs> Uh, so I just want to let, uh, the listeners know that I do know what a sarcophagus is, and I've been thinking about it, and I think it's kind of sad that we don't have sarcophaguses anymore. Yeah. Don't you think I, you know, we started talking about the afterlife earlier. Didn't they just find, like, something? Like a mummy? There's, like, I, mummy liquid or something that people, it's been in the news. Really? No, red, red liquid, people were like, let us drink the mummy juice. I don't know, it was a thing. It happened. Oh, geez. Well, I'm sure nothing good can come of that. No, no that story was, that was, was the like, point. Yeah, well, we, yeah. we, we drank, drank the, the mummy juice. juice. Yep. <laughs> we drank the mummy juice. We drank the mummy <laughs> juice. We drank the mummy juice. Uh, I also, I refer to a, a computer modem. Not a laptop, but the computer modem. Like the big, mm-hmm. uh, when the ninja breaks into the apartment that Chuck lives in. And I say, once again, the modem has to be like a hundred pounds. The modem's not a hundred pounds. It's heavy, like but it's not a hundred pounds. Amazon said it was like fifty pounds. So you're only half wrong. Oh, okay. Half, half oh, okay. Way fifty percent. Yeah, I don't know. I felt stupid about that anyway. But also something that I do not want to apologize for, but I keep thinking about, is how insane that Chuck didn't tell anyone about the ninja yeah, that's that broke really into his apartment. No one. I, they are in danger. They are in constant yeah. threat of ninja invasions, and he does nothing. There are a lot of uh, logical fallacies. Um, that's one in the first episode of Chuck, but in this episode of Chuck that we watched, uh, there are several more. <laughs> there so. are, which I am looking forward to covering. Um, so that's all I had about the first episode. If you haven't listened to it, it's it's a treat. It's not as bad as I'm making it <laughs> seem. Um, but listen to it if you get a chance. Thanks. Um, and then something else that I wanted to touch upon before we move into talking about Chuck versus the helicopter is that the trailer for Shazam came out this since the last recording. Yeah. And Shazam, of course, stars Zachary Levi as the titular character Shazam. Shazam. We're really good at saying things in sync this time around. Yeah. Um, Practicing. Shazam is a DC character, so it's in the whole DC universe. Uh, yeah. But unlike a lot of the other DC movies, um, it, the trailer starts off looking pretty dark, um, but then uh, Shazam is pretty fun because it does look fun, it's yeah. a 10 uh, year old boy named Billy, um, and he is chosen to have these powers where if he says the word Shazam, he will turn into a ripped adult man. <laughs> So that's, Played I mean, that's everybody's Levi. dream. Zachary so. Levi has my heart. Yep. He's, Forever. He's uh, making making some progress in, yeah. his, in his life and career. So. Maybe he can save the DC comic universe. That would itself. be great. That, that would be, be really cool. good. Him th- and Wonder Woman can be like the two franchises that they maintain. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, be good. good. They, could, they could team up eventually. That would be an interesting film, I'm sure. I, um, at work, at my day job, because believe it or not, this is not a... Lucrative. <laughs> Lucrative endeavor. Um, there's, they recently updated, no, they recently released an update for the software that we use all the time. And the update is called the Lightning Experience. Oh. So sometimes we have to enter the Lightning Experience to get specific information. So whenever I have to do that, I always want to yell, Shazam! And 
go and then you turn into Zachary Levi. And then I would turn into Zachary Everyone Levi. Everyone would be so excited. Oh man, I'd be so muscular and so charming. He's pretty muscular. He's very muscular. It threw me off. I was like, Chuck's not that muscular, yeah. but he's not playing Chuck. Yeah, he, he, gets, he gets hair. muscular later. Which what color is his hair? In Chuck, brown, I guess. Brown, but this yeah. was like jet black yeah. for Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Oh so no! Oh wow. Oh, did I just... Oh, God, I just turned into Zachary Levi. Oh, shit. Oh, How can wow. I discuss Chuck with Zachary Levi? I, uh, I don't know. I... Oh, how do I... How does he not be Shazam? Oh! I guess that's how you're not... That's, that's it. ...be Shazam. What? He cracked the code. Zachary Levi again. So I can't... I have to say it one more time, and then I'm not going to say it. It's like it. Beetlejuice. Right. Beetlejuice that you have to say... Say three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, so. Beetlejuice. Ah! Okay. Now Beetlejuice is here. God damn it! Okay. Uh, so, alright. How do I get rid of Beetlejuice? Uh, got me. He can He can stay. He's, right. he's a silent partner. Alright, fine. Well, I'm not going to say Shazam this whole time. Yeah, okay, just so. say it one more time. We'll be good. I think I said it a couple times. Alright. But just for good measure, Shazam! Alright, okay. we're done with that. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we'll be back with episode two, Chuck vs. the Helicopter, Woo-hoo. on Go Chuck Yourself! Episode 2, we're talking about, no, not Chuck versus the motorcycle that just drove by. We're talking about Chuck versus the helicopter. It's a, it's a good episode. It's a good episode, so we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We're going to dive right into episode 2, um, which they filmed, I'm assuming, pretty far after than they filmed the pilot, because it took time for them to produce the pilot and edit the pilot and then the pilot got picked up so then they were able to go to series did you notice any uh anachronisms or anything i did um morgan's oh. hair is way longer that's true it than is it I, was. I did notice that because chronologically episode two is only a couple of days after episode yeah, one maybe a week chuck and sarah have not gone on an, addi- on an additional date and everything seems pretty new right but in the meantime morgan's hair has grown I, if you Very told long. me that his hair just grew like abnormally fast i would believe you interesting character trait <laughs> Interesting character trick. So, um, the episode starts with Chuck is running, and something I really liked about this, I don't really know why, is that, like, he's running, and then he says, like, that's me, Chuck, those are my shoes, and I just really liked that he said that. Um, he's presumably doing something exciting, um, presumably some spy stuff, because he's telling us about his spy life, but then he's like, we need to go back, and we go back to the Buy More. Um, Jeff, who is one of his co-worker characters, um, has set up a display with a large mart, like, tablecloth, um, and I don't know why this is a huge deal, because he set up, like, these, like, there's, there's probably, like, 20 of them, like, wrapped CD cases that would be, like, relatively easy to move, um, but it's, yeah. like, a big, it's, like, a big thing, and everybody's really upset about it, and, um, one of the things that confused me about this is, like, Harry, who is another of Chuck's co-workers, who he's kind of in competition with, set references Large Mart and then Costco in the same sentence. So I don't know why um, I don't know why Costco exists in this universe because Large Mart is seemingly very similar to Costco. Um, and also apparently they're able to 
mention Costco, but not any other store chains. So I found that pretty interesting. As attention to detail. Well, maybe in this universe, Walmart and Sam's Club don't exist. Okay, but it's Costco. So it's Costco still exists, but uh, instead it's Large Mart. And with that scene, um, I just, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird because he sets up this display on a table that has a red tablecloth that clearly says Large Mart on it. Mm-hmm. How uh, stupid would you have to be to do well, that? Well, Jeff like, is really I've, done. That's like a thing that comes up I thought because he gets characterized later as kind of being like conniving a little bit and a little bit scheming. and I guess. But this but is he's... like really stupid. I've seen dumb things done in retail before, but <laughs> this, I've never seen the likes of that. I, I was going to say that although like it seems silly that they're complaining about like a relatively minor task and then Morgan has to do the thing where he is going to do like a magic trick and rip out the tablecloth from under these things without knocking them over. Um... When, like, when I was working at Walmart, like, my, my threshold for wanting to do things was pretty low. So, like, I, I guess I can kind of get behind yeah, this. that's okay. Um, but uh, going back to that, Morgan is trying to do a magic trick, and it fails spectacularly, and all the things fall over. Although, still, there's not very many of them, so it's not a huge deal. And they're very light. Like, they're not yeah, fragile. They're like, and they're all, like, the wrapped together. Object. Yeah. 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 Um, so Chuck is running. He's giving us a rundown of everything that happened in the pilot, kind yes. of. Yes. Um, it's a little clunky because those things are also brought up in dialogue like a hundred times throughout the episode, but it's still yeah. kind of nice. It is kind of nice. And we'll bring him up right now in case you didn't listen to the first episode. Chuck is about an average guy, uh, who has low self-esteem that works at a big box electronics store called Buy More, and he accidentally is... Uh, sent. He gets these government secrets downloaded to his head through an advanced computer program, so he has all these memories and all this insight into things that he shouldn't have. And for this reason, uh, he is wanted by multiple government agencies who are trying to protect him or trying to figure out what to do with the computer, which is called the Intersect, that is in his head. And in the meantime, he is uh, meets Agent Sarah Walker, who's one of these agents who is a um, attractive young woman she who he's immediately uh, smitten. Yeah, smitten. Smitten That's with. A good word. And then also um, Agent John Casey from the other government agency. He's from the NSA. And Sarah's NSA. From the CIA. Sarah's CIA. Yeah. And they are trying to uh, blend into Chuck's day to day life to protect him, figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Casey got a job at the Buy More. So um, we see Chuck running, and since he's giving us a rundown of his spy life, we kind of assume he's doing like a spy thing. I thought that this, um, I didn't remember this from my first watch, so I thought it was going to be like a flash forward to the end of the show where like whatever was happening with the helicopter in the title or like whatever, some exciting thing. I thought this was going to be something that we periodically like flashed back and forward between, but as it turns out, this is just the beginning of the episode and Chuck is running chasing Casey, who is chasing after a shoplifter. Um, I thought this was really funny because... Chuck is like, no, like you do, like the the country is not under threat. You don't have to like kill this dude. But Casey's gonna like wreck this man who stole a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that part. We then find out that Sarah, in order to be close to Chuck, is working at a place called Wienerlicious that is across the uh, across the strip from the Bymore. Um, she has to wear like a barmaiden outfit kind of thing. Um, and she's selling corn like dogs. Like an Oktoberfest. Sure. Yeah. In the plaza, so there's Buy More, there's Large Mart, there's Wienerlicious, 
but also tucked away in the corner, little known fact, store called Underpants Etc. that I noticed. <laughs> I, I remember Underpants Etc. Which would be a, a general clothing store? Because yeah, I guess any clothing store would have underwear and etc. Yeah. Alright, that's underwear, cool. Underwear etc. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have to go there. Later, I had to point I that out because I'm I'm uh, eight years old and yeah, I think no, underpants okay. are funny. Um, I did have questions about Wienerlicious. One <laughs> oh. of the things uh, this might be a, a talk you need to have with your parents. <laughs> um, an ad in the window says Louisiana corn dog. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. That's that seems to be the only thing they have. You've never had a Louisiana see... corn dog. I haven't. What what is a Louisiana corn dog? I'll tell you off the air. All right, that sounds that sounds good. Um, the other thing I noticed is that. Sarah is the only one there. She yes. doesn't seem to have a boss or coworkers or anyone <laughs> training her because she's really bad at what she's doing. Right. Uh, <coughs> this led me to believe again. that the CIA just invented this place because Chuck doesn't seem to know what it is either. Like he doesn't say, "Oh, you got a job at Wienerlicious." Like he's like, "What is this place?" So I feel like the CIA just invented Wienerlicious and then made Sarah like work there. That would make sense. Yeah. I, I, that struck me as odd, too, because she's the only person that works there, so she's like a sole proprietor of this hot dog stand that she's not a, not equipped or skilled to be working at. No, like, she would need to... I understand having that as her cover, but she really should go to, like, some kind of training seminar, maybe, yeah. about basic Or, like, have someone management. standing next to her saying, like, here's how you cook the corn dogs. She does not have that. Yeah, any kind of... Just, like, a little bit of basic hot yeah. dog skills. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't. But she doesn't. She just wears the German dress. Yeah, and, and her only company is a gaggle of teenage boys who come in periodically to ogle her and uh, say, I love you. And um, at one point, they take a picture of her and say, we're going to put this on the internet. I don't know where. I, Get yeah, a lot so of that, likes on Facebook. Yeah, I guess so. I I mean, I can't relate to a teenage boy <laughs> that would be ogling Agent Sarah Walker at all. I do have something in my notes that says, Chris probably relates to these boys. Yeah, they uh, they pretty much sum it up right there. <laughs> and they scurry away when she turns around because they're being a little they're creepy pervy. Yeah, and, and creepy. That's fine. Those things. Um, we also find out from Chuck that Sarah is posing as his girlfriend in order to protect him. Um, since this episode only takes, like, place a little while after the first episode, it's a little weird that they are suddenly, like, calling her his girlfriend, but, you know, I'll let it slide. Um, he has flashed on her, uh, and saw that she has committed some crimes or, like, done some spy things, and he's surprised by this, even though that's her job, and he says, just like any woman, she's got a past, which I took issue with because I do not have a past. Just like any woman, she's killed people. <laughs> that's also true. We, we next go to Chuck's home. He lives with his sister Ellie and her boyfriend Devin. We find out that Ellie is upset that Chuck's friend Morgan has met Sarah and Ellie hasn't. Um, this seems really silly to me because Ellie knows that Chuck and Sarah met at work and also that Morgan is Chuck's coworker. So why she would be upset by this is a little <laughs> bit beyond me. But it's just one of many things Ellie does in this episode that seem crazy. Um, the next thing that she does that seems crazy is that she tells Chuck to invite Sarah to their home for dinner with her and her boyfriend. Um, Morgan says this is weird, and for once in my life I agree with Morgan. Um, Chuck says later that their second date is one that they have like later in this episode, so the dinner with Ellie would be their third date. 
Um, Ellie is supposed to be, like, very socially adjusted. She's, like, a doctor. She's, she's the one who's, like, telling Chuck that he's, like, acting weird. But if this is the way that she acts, like, that's crazy. And, um, she's she just is, excited because Chuck has it's not crazy. had any girlfriends it's for crazy. a long time. She's being crazy. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, just a little eager. Um, I got very excited because we see, um, my pride and joy, General Beckman. The real Beckman. The real Beckman. Not that phony one from the first episode. No, he's there too. Or is, are you talking about the girl? I was talking about the, the girl. Okay. Yeah. But there's, the CIA guy is there also. Yeah, I guess he stays the same. I thought um, he changed, but I guess he's the same. I think he goes away after a while. But, uh, we have Beckman. I wrote her name three times in all capitals with full stops after each one. I was very excited to see her. Beckman. 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 Just like Beetlejuice, she'll appear. Oh, jeez. Hey, Beckman. Happy to have you. Hey, everyone. I'm Beckman. That didn't sound like her at all. all. Just stop. Uh, In a later episode, not to spoil anything, but she implies that she's had an affair with Stan Lee. So that's, that's very important for everyone to know. I honestly could not tell you what Beckman does. She's apparently there. I did not take notes on that. She's, a she's there. She's a person who's in an important office. Yeah, in the she's she's telling people what to do. They have a meeting about like saying Chuck has the intersect. If we haven't picked that up already, um, Sarah asks Chuck. She I think she refers to it as a date, but she's obviously like she means that it's like a spy thing. She says they're going to take him to see this doctor called Doctor Zarno. Chuck is still being weird because he's like. Oh, where are we going? Are we going to the movies? He, like, dresses up for this date. Um, I wasn't sure if this is supposed to be, like, him being kind of, like, awkward and, like, charming, or if it's, like, he's just really dumb that he thinks that they're going on an actual date. I felt a similar way, because he says at one point, um, I guess this is skipping ahead a little bit, but afterwards he still says, oh, that was the best only second date I've had, or I've been on in years, and it was, it kind of felt like the thing we were talking about in the past episode, where he almost seems too good-looking and charming to be believable as someone who hasn't been on dates. Yeah, there's that. And I was thinking that maybe they could have remedied this by making him dumber or less appealing. Like, if he was, like, <laughs> really stupid, then it would make sense. But also right. probably not a viable hero for a series. Or if make, he was make him really dumber. ugly. That's a great... Yeah, both of those things. That's what we need more of in then our Then it would be like, okay, yes, this this person has not been on a date in two years because they are they're so stupid yeah yeah well uh he clearly has his sister who's just a hindrance to him which i will talk about more um but in the meantime sarah takes chuck to the buy more to meet this scientist dr zarno who's okay. gonna do some what i he's gonna so the doctor is going to study chuck or try to find a way to get the intersect out of chuck's head yes is what he says um, they go to the buy more for this. Yeah. I, and this is a reoccurring thing through the episode, it bothers me how easily they get into the buy more after hours. <laughs> and I understand that there's two different government agencies who are using uh, clandestine means and they're secret agents and they're spies and they do all that, but they don't, even if they just showed one scene of Casey or Sarah saying, like, I copied a key or I know the code <laughs> to deactivate. Because an empty retail store after hours, there's going to be locked doors. There's going to be an alarm that's triggered. The lights are going to be off. Um, Potentially, there could be the locked door and a custodial team will be there working overnight. There's going to be other things going on. Like overnight stock They make it seem like anyone can just waltz into a closed store. 
Not a, 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 a store that's not open, but also a closed store. Underwear, etc. Such as under underpants, etc. Underwear, etc. You it's had called. problems about this that uh, are are much more detailed than I did. I just um, my problem with it is wh- why do they go to the buy more for this? Why do they go? Because um, it's I think it's just like the, the, the they central refer location. to it as like neutral ground, right? But also the doctor questions if the person who has the intersect works there, and they're like, Haha, no, of course not. We're just here. But they could have just remedied that by being anywhere else, right? They could have gone to any living. They could have gone to an office. To they just need a TV. And, yeah, that's well. I think that's something that I like about the show is how much they incorporate the buy more into the spy stuff. But this time it just felt so ridiculous and. Forced. I, maybe it does other times, I don't recall, but... Um, I have a uh, fun fact from our good friends at Amazon, because um, I watch this show on Prime. Amazon, of course, uh, sponsors of this show. Yes. Uh, the um, One of the things... So, the thing that Chuck has to do is look at a TV, and he sees a bunch of flashing images, similar to in the pilot episode when we saw the Intersect being downloaded. At first, he's just seeing normal things, but then he starts flashing on them, and he's supposed to say what he sees. So one of the things he flashes on is Oceanic Flight 815, which is apparently the flight from Lost. Um, so apparently Chuck knows via the Intersect what happened to the people on Lost, which is something that I do not know because I stopped watching it. So good on Chuck. <laughs> um, the doctor says that he thinks he can help Chuck then he is uh, driving in, like, a uh, salt mine kind of thing. <laughs> the middle of nowhere. Yeah, for no apparent reason. Uh, he's just he's just being shady. He's got a big smile on his face. He's having a great time. There's no way his actual commute involves driving through this abandoned Maybe that's where he lives. Who knows? Um, his car explodes, but they can't find his body, so we know that he's, like, he's probably still around. No, we don't, actually, because in the following scene... They or not maybe not the following scene, but later on, Sarah and Casey are investigating the car explosion. So they go to the site of it. It's very CSI. They got like sunglasses on. Yes, like an explosion. But then Casey says, "No, on the phone, no sign of the body. Must have uh, vaporized." And then continues talking. And I'm no expert, but most of the car frame was still there as well as the cell phone that they put the explosive in yeah i feel like those things body. also would have vaporized nope, it must it would have had to be the explosion would have to be so hot and so extreme to vaporize the entire <laughs> body so it leaves no remains there are no remains there's no and remains. he just jumps to it must have been vaporized must have vaporized it was the nsa incinerator that's just sloppy sloppy nsa work in my opinion um, here's here's me back again to uh, crap on Ellie. Um, although I love her, Ellie, you're wonderful. If you're listening, thank you for being you. But she shows up in Chuck's room the next morning and breaks the news about Bryce being dead. Um, we know Chuck already knows this, but she does not, and she still manages to do this in the most heartless way possible. She's she literally says, "Hey, did you know your college roommate is dead?" And then she shoves a newspaper of. Bryce's face with, like, dead, just, like, written all across it in Chuck's face. Um, we hear a little bit more about that Bryce got Chuck kicked out of Stanford, which I don't remember if they specifically said in the pilot episode, but they said a lot in this episode, so we know that that's a thing. Also, Bryce is dead. Also, Ellie tells Chuck about it very heartlessly. She's around death all the time. That's true. She's been desensitized. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ellie, I take it back in this case. Um, we already talked a little bit about the next scene, which is they the 
they're at the car. It's very CSI-like. They're practically, like, putting on sunglasses while saying puns. And Casey jumps to the conclusion because there are no remains. Not that the most plausible idea is, well, maybe he jumped out of the car and the car exploded. It's he was completely vaporized. And who does he think did it? He thinks Sarah did it. Wow. Um, She's not making a great case for herself because she steals the cell phone that's all charred and probably triggered the bomb. So, something shady is happening, but the main takeaway here is that Sarah and Casey don't trust each other. Um, but things are back to normal. Chuck and Casey are back at the Buy More. Big Mike is watching Chuck train Casey as proof that Chuck has what it takes to be assistant manager. Casey's being, like, really rude and belligerent about this and, like, not really taking his training seriously, which feels pretty rude to me because, like, Chuck's just trying to do his job and, like, get by. Well, I can confirm that this is the most realistic instance of (laughs) training in a retail situation I've ever seen. Did someone ever take, like, a a Telzon gun thing and put it under your neck? No, not that extreme, but there's definitely been people who I've been earnestly trying to train (laughs) because that is my job, and then people would take out their phones, clearly not listen, not even make an effort to pretend that they're listening to what I'm saying. Um, people who, yeah, I... All right. Someone so, I trained uh, is now in jail. Just think about that. You did not that. do a good job of training that person. No, I didn't. I was, I could barely get through the retail operations, let alone the how to live an upstanding life. Outstanding? Upstanding. Outstanding. Upstanding citizen? Yeah. Outstanding results. <laughs> That's a motto here on Go Chuck Yourself. Casey doesn't trust Sarah, tells Chuck not to be alone with her. Immediately, Chuck gets an email from Sarah that's like, come be alone with me, and he does it. Which, like, okay. It doesn't say, come be alone with me. Yeah, it says basically that. Um, he, he, I guess, I don't know. He's a man. He, he's, uh, he's attracted to her. He just Just like, I need to talk to you. Yeah. Um. Down at the window, delicious. Sarah tells Chuck not to be alone with Casey, so, like, nobody trusts anybody in this show. Right, there's a big rift going yeah. on. what a tangled web of lies. A battle for Chuck's loyalty. Yeah, and CIA also... CIA versus the NSA. Yeah. Wienerlicious versus Bymore. Um, speaking of Wienerlicious, Casey goes to confront Sarah there. Um, they both think that the other person killed the doctor at this point. They have, like, a very cool fight that I really enjoyed, where it starts with... Casey pulls his gun on Sarah, and Sarah throws a corndog stick at him, mm-hmm. um, which she throws at his hand, and it impales him, which le- and lends some uh, credence to my theory that the CIA invented this hot dog place, because why would a corndog stick be pointy enough to do that, unless if the CIA had made it? That's a good point. Yeah. I was less focused on that, and I was thinking more about the other end. I was thinking about Casey, because he starts... He grabs a plastic fork yeah, and starts that was, trying to shank Sarah with yeah, that. that wouldn't work. In this uh, Tekken-style fight that they're having. Not that you can use forks in Tekken, but the costumes and could. environment yeah. made it seem like it was Tekken. But he's like, I guess, I don't know, you could do damage with a plastic uh, fork. If maybe you, to someone's eye. If you jab them really hard with it? Maybe. I, um, but he lets go of those really fast. You and can't see this, listeners, but I'm jabbing the pen that I'm holding right now. Like, he's going to hit me in the eye. I'm very convince. scared. I'm not, I'm not that close to Aaron. Neither as a friend nor right in this proximity <laughs> right now. Um, I barely know her. I think the... She was in one class with me in school, and like she thinks we're best friends. The most likely uh, like plastic um, eating instrument that's going to do damage to you is like the one that's like a You fork. mean a utensil? Yes. That's a eating instrument. A utensil that's most likely going to do damage is the one that has like a fork and a knife 
and a spoon, and there's, like, a spoon on one edge, and it just looks like you're gonna, like, joker yourself, like, if you put it in your mouth, because the knife is gonna be, like, in your cheek. So that's gonna do damage. Did you just invent a new utensil? No, it's a real thing. My mom has one. It's very scary. Is your mom a spy? Yes. Okay. But that's another episode. Um... I liked this fight, is my point. It was a good I, fight. I liked that they, like, they're being creative and they're using all these things, like the plastic fork. Um, Casey uses a chair at some point. Sarah breaks a mop and uses the handle. They, like, fight. Um, it doesn't, like, resolve one of them. I think Sarah gets, Casey gets away because uh, those kids are taking a picture of Sarah. Right, the kids come back in. One of the kids, when, K- or when Chuck first goes in, a kid is getting a hot dog and he's leaving. And as he's leaving, he quietly says, I love you. That, I liked that, that kid. That was really okay. Hard. Like, that's sweet. That was me. That would have been... <laughs> I wasn't you're the, the creepy kind of respectful one. I would have gone in and awkwardly done my thing. And then yeah. I'm like, I love you. I love you. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, he, that kid has my heart. Um, so at this point, uh, Chuck thinks that Casey's the one who... He, Sarah has turned him on Casey. Right. This, I also think, like, because this is the main conflict of the episode, yeah. is the Casey versus Sarah. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because you... I, I mean, they wouldn't. There wasn't much in the pilot that would say that this conflict would not happen. Mm-hmm. But to have two central characters right off, right, immediately in the second episode, having this intense, really intense conflict, yeah, is really interesting. Especially knowing what they, they're going to be fine. They're going to be friends and colleagues. Yeah, soon. I, I like but that. It's that interesting that they're conflicting right now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Chuck is told to go to a home install, which like he's not being very good at the like understanding that people are after him um, and that he needs to be careful but he gets there and he finds out that Casey called this in so Chuck thinks that Casey's gonna kill him and they have a car chase and Casey looks like so into it for someone who's not actually gonna kill Chuck he's just like trying to like ram his car and everything and so like I totally I'm on Chuck's side for being freaked out by this because Casey's being weird Casey with his sweet ass razor flip phone <laughs> so cool it was like uh a charcoal black razor. Oh my god, he's so god. cool. I love yeah. the razor phones. I miss them. I had, I didn't have a razor, but I had a crazer, which was cooler than that's razors. A, that's what uh, crazer stands for, cool razor. Ah, damn. I thought it was more like crazy, but Uh-oh. cool razor makes more sense. I had a, I had the Envy. No, okay. Envy oh. 3. That one was my yeah, favorite. I don't, I didn't, yeah. That was so good. Those are cool. I miss it. I miss it now. It was much better than iPhones, but... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It, uh, it fell into two pieces in my hands, so that yeah. was a shame. But I had it until college. Yeah. Oh, Very man. sad. Um, Casey runs Chuck off the road. Again, not trying to kill him, but weird. Uh, Chuck gets out and says, are you out of your mind? Which is something that you would yell at like a stranger road raging you, not at someone who you think is going to kill you. Chuck should run if he really thinks that, but he doesn't. Um, Casey makes a convincing argument that Sarah is the one that's bad because uh, Casey didn't kill the doctor, so it must have been Sarah. Um, They get into Casey's car, and then they hear a phone ringing, and it turns out it's another one of those phones that's going to vaporize their bodies. Oh, jeez. So they, I I really, like, I laughed at this very hard as well. Like, they get out of the car, and they, like, run away, and they're like, like, they look over their shoulders and, like, a long time passes, and then they're, like, it seems like it's not going to explode, and then suddenly it does. Like, it, was, it was really good comedic timing. I love that. Um, so, Casey has convinced Chuck that Sarah's bad. He's like, where could, where could Sarah be? She's actually at that weird-ass dinner with Chuck's entire family. <laughs> which Chuck is late for. Yeah, Chuck is late for, which, if I was his family, I would feel, like, pretty weird that, like, someone we hadn't met just, like, showed up. 
Um, but eventually Chuck gets there, he escapes from Casey, um, he goes to help his family, um, and one of the first things that Ellie says when he gets in is, your girlfriend has been nothing but mean to me, which is, like, a, f- a fine thing to say for someone that you've, like, met before, but it's very weird that she's just, like, kind of nagging Sarah right off the bat. No, it wasn't. It's weird. I didn't think it's it was really nagging weird. Sarah, I think it was just making more of, like, a conceptual joke. Also, wouldn't it be funny? They're still saying girlfriend, and it's this is their third date. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. But Um, you know, who are we to judge there? I'm just saying that we're we're giving Chuck so much crap for being awkward, but like Ellie's also awkward, and she should not judge him. (laughs) That's that's all I want to say. It's a good point. Chuck's sister has made a pot roast. They're all sitting around the table. Morgan is there for some reason. Um, Casey shows up. And has brought these little quiches, and um, he's like, room for one more? He says he's moved in upstairs, which Amazon told me, and also I know from watching later in the show, is untrue, because he has moved in, like, across the courtyard from them. And yeah, they're, they're awesome apartment. Yeah. Also, for this whole scene, Chuck is concerned that Sarah is going to kill him and now his family. Yes. And then he becomes concerned because Casey comes in, and at first... Before Casey told him about Sarah, Chuck was concerned that Casey was going to be the one to kill him. But now Casey's kind of viewed as an ally, Mm -hmm. and Sarah's the one that we're concerned about. But it makes for a really funny scene, and it's a really good scene, that they are having this dinner, and Chuck is... They're all excited to meet Chuck's girlfriend, but Chuck is concerned that his girlfriend is going to legitimately kill all of them. I really like the scene. Yeah, it's a good scene. It was very, it was good. Because it was really serious before with the conflict and the action, but this scene, I was like, okay, this is that that classic Chuck Gold of melding the the funny with the action, and when Chuck's worlds collide, it's when the magic happens. Yes, I I really like that too. Um, I think most of my notes are about this scene, so settle in. Cool, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so uh, everyone was giving Chuck a lot of shit in the first episode for always talking to girls about Bryce and his ex-girlfriend who Bryce stole and all the college stuff. Um, So they ask Sarah where she's from, she answers, and then immediately Ellie and Devin launch into, oh, Chuck knew a man who was from D.C. and he stole his girlfriend and all this stuff. So why are they giving Chuck so much shit about this? It's not fair. Either he has infected them with his awkwardness, or he gets it from them, and neither of them is fair. They've been projecting their own awkwardness onto Chuck. Yeah. So, that's that's, yeah. the, that's the real secret. We've, we've Lots of hypocrisy it. right there. They're all at dinner. Uh, they're, they're sitting around the table. Um, Chuck and Casey are alone for a second. Um, Chuck is told by Casey that Sarah had, like, this old alias um, that was, like, did something in France, and he flashes on it, and he sees that she, like, poisoned a bunch of French diplomats. He thinks that she's gonna poison his family, so he's, like, gotta get out there. He finds out that she brought a souffle, um, which I would like to point out, even though they haven't eaten their dinner yet, is also on the table with a pot roast and salad and quiches and, like, all this stuff. I don't know if that's weird to have, like, your dessert on the table just, like, staring at you. Um, but then everyone makes like they're gonna eat it. Like they're like Devin's like, oh, I can't resist. I'm gonna eat this. And they haven't eaten their dinner yet, so I don't know why. But this is like a whole big thing, and Chuck freaks out. He um, he does the thing that Morgan did in the beginning, where he tries to like pull out the tablecloth, intending for all the food to fall over and like be ruined, so no one can eat it. Um, but he actually like performs the trick perfectly for some reason, and like 
everything is fine and everybody's like, wow, Chuck, you're amazing, you're a magician. Um, I really liked that. I thought that was a good callback to the beginning. Um, but then Casey knocks a candle over onto Sarah's souffle, which brings up another weird thing that they do in the Chuck household, is that the souffle catches on fire, and instead of bringing it to, like, the kitchen sink, Chuck brings it all the way to the bathroom and puts it in the bathtub. Um, that's weird. That's just weird. Um, then Sarah, who everyone, uh, Chuck and Casey at least think is dangerous... Um, but Casey just leaves Chuck and Sarah in the bathroom to have some kind of confrontation. Um, Devin, as he's walking away, says, makeup sex? Nice. Which is really weird, because I was not led to believe by any of this that Chuck and Sarah were actually in a fight. Um, he, he set her souffle on fire, but, like, I don't know why they need to have makeup sex. And also, why is Devin, like, excited about this happening, like, in his bathroom? What if he needs to use that? Like, it's a weird, weird comment to make, but I will give him some credit because he might just be delusional from starvation because no one has eaten the food that was made for this dinner. Sarah has a good line. She says, I never asked you to believe me. I asked you to trust me, which if you put any thought into is kind of a weird thing to say, but like, I liked it as a turn of phrase. Yeah. I also, I realized after viewing this scene that Sarah was alone with Chuck's family for a decent amount of time, yeah. right? So they were talking. Yeah. What would they have talked about? So we know at the dinner that yeah, Sarah from. is from Washington, D.C. Yeah. originally. Yeah. So she's moved to California for some reason. Mm -hmm. Why has she moved to California? They we don't, don't know. know. Yeah. As far as Chuck's family knows, and this is this remains true throughout the rest of the episode, Sarah's main career is working at a hot dog stand <laughs> called Wienerlicious. She moved across the country to start her own franchise of Wienerlicious, where she works by herself. You would think that someone who has this much ambition and passion for fast food would be very, very successful and good at it, but they find out at the end of the episode that she's terrible at it. Yeah. So, so that puts them in a, an awkward spot because Chuck's girlfriend, you know, small business owner, great for her, but she's clearly not going to be she's that successful yeah. because she's so bad at it. And they have to pretend that this huge move <laughs> that Sarah made across the country was worth it, even though it's not. Yeah. They have to really phone in. They really have to, you have to pretend to like Sarah if you're in that situation or not like, not that you dislike her, but I'm you have to at least admire this, the, the decision that she made. Yeah. That's that how Chuck's I feel when you're talking about your summer. career. <laughs> Wait, what? Sarah realizes that the doctor's probably still alive, so she runs out. She says dinner was wonderful, which no one ate anything. They still haven't eaten anything, so she's just rubbing it in that this food is being wasted. But Morgan's gotta get something. He's gotta get some food. Yeah, he's gotta Morgan's he a hungry takes a doggy guy. bag. He does. Um, Sarah runs out of the apartment. Casey and Chuck follow her. They hear a scream and gunshots, and they see that she's putting being put into the trunk of a car by Dr. Zarno. What a shocker. He is alive. He wasn't vaporized. He shoots Casey with a trank dart. Casey is kind of, like, uh, like as out of commission as is convenient, I guess. He's kind of, like, falling over a little bit. He needs Chuck to take the trank dart out, but he hasn't, like, passed out. He isn't, like, paralyzed or anything. He's just, like, a little bit woozy. Um... Chuck admits that he has a thing with needles, so he has a little bit of a struggle pulling the dart out, but it's fine. Um, they set off after Sarah and the doctor, because he's the doctor is presumably going to torture Sarah to get information about Chuck. Um, we also find out that Casey put microbots in his weird little quiches that he brought to the party, so 
He's gonna he's gonna track everybody. He should be able to find Sarah. Um, they are led to the Bymore, which Chuck asked, "Why would Sarah? Why would why would they bring Sarah here?" And I had that question as well. But then we find out that it's Morgan, just like watching TV. So apparently he can get into the Bymore as well. And this I didn't bring this up before, but it would be it would make sense if Chuck was a key holder. Yeah. But it seems like because he's not even assistant manager, he might be team leader. E. Yeah. He would not be a key holder. I was not allowed to Morgan go into Morgan definitely would not have yeah. a key no, or the not. alarm codes. No. So, but he's just there. He's just, he's just there. Basically, anyone movies. can come and go from buy more as they please. Yeah, that's uh, when I move to LA. That's where I'm gonna live because apparently anyone can get in, so I could just like sleep there. That's right. Perfect. Um, uh, Chuck and Casey are trying to figure out where the doctor might have taken Sarah, and I really liked this scene where Chuck kind of holds his own and he's like where like what's the mode of transportation he would use and he like makes all these suggestions that allow Casey to like figure out the most likely place um for the doctor to have taken Sarah I liked that because like contrary to what you said about like Chuck being super dumb I like that Chuck has like some smarts and he's not just like an idiot and he Mm. like because he went to Stanford and he didn't like not graduate he got kicked out so we are being told all the time that he's very smart and like good with computers and everything so i like that we saw that a little bit yeah i'm glad that chuck's not super dumb yeah um okay here's here's a question that i have for you so we have this scene where um they find where sarah is chuck's not supposed to leave the car he does of course he finds sarah she's tied up the doctor comes back chuck has to hide um the doctor's about to like shoot sarah and chuck loudly says oh crap um then he sees the doctor's face, he flashes on them, on him, and he suddenly announces, I know your secret. You've been feeding American secrets to North Korea for years. Which, okay, so here's my question for you. That's information the CIA has, because it's in the intersect. So he knows, like, the CIA knows somehow that, like, this doctor is a double agent. And yet they still send him to help with, like, the intersect issues. So... How does the Intersect work? Why does the Intersect know this, but not the CIA? Well, I think that's making the assumption that the CIA... The, you were saying that the CIA does not know about him being a double agent. I but would, they did have the information that was They did the have Intersect. the information. So I am under the impression I'm not an espionage <laughs> expert, but I think that if they, they do have that information, they are aware of it. However, it's not the right time or the right motivation to act on that information so it's best to but why would they send him to like deal with the one person who would also have this information okay so this would this would seem like maybe poor planning on their part because this would be a high stakes situation because this is someone who uh they know send a different doctor sells information to enemy states that why would we send him yes maybe sarah didn't know and sarah just called him maybe I don't know. All right. That's well, a good point. Yeah. I was too, um, I, yeah. It's an exciting scene. You can be wrapped up in the action. I was wrapped up in the action. I was also just kind of like, aha, finally, this is what's been going on. Like, this is why North Korea's nuclear program has progressed <laughs> so much in 10 years. It's because this, this guy was feeding them secrets. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, all that, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all, uh, All coming together now. Yeah. Um, they're on, the, the doctor realizes that Chuck has the intersect, he takes Chuck up into a helicopter, 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 um, 
he Chuck has been shot with a trank gun, so he's like passed out. But he wakes up and sees that like there's just a gun just like out in the helicopter. The doctor has like put it on the ground or something. So Chuck takes it. Um, him and the doctor start fighting over it. They have a struggle, and Chuck accidentally shoots the pilot. So the helicopter is like all going all weirdly. He doesn't. Just to clarify, he doesn't accidentally film the previous episode of Chuck. He. He doesn't go like, okay, guys, hold on one second, let yeah, me just, and he, and then he like casts it and writes it and rewrites it, it and yeah. then shoots it and edits it, edits it. Um, no, he actually he shot the person that was operating the helicopter. Yeah, um, I really liked that. Sarah and Casey are just like watching this from the ground and they see like the helicopter going all crazy and then they're like, what's going on up there? And then we like cut between that and then like Chuck having this like life or death fight. Um, Chuck mm-hmm. is really good with like that kind of like intercuts, comedic timing stuff. I really liked that, uh, seeing that here. Right. Chuck, once again, referring to this, the television show, not yes. the character Chuck. We don't know how Chuck would fare as a writer, producer. Yeah, he'd probably be okay. Yeah. He lives in LA. He's probably got some know-how. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has know-how in LA. Look at all our know-how. Look at our banks of know-how. Look at our reserves of know-how. Chuck gets the overhand in the fight. <laughs> the doctor passes out. Um, Chuck has to land the helicopter, which here we get the uh, what the title is referring to because it is truly a scene of Chuck versus the helicopter. There, and this is something that you learn if you went to school for storytelling, is that there's um, there's some major categories of conflict in in narratives. There's man versus man. Man versus nature. Man versus nature. Man versus himself, and then man versus the helicopter. Yes, those are the so four categories. So this is just the, class, the classic fourth, an yeah. instance of the fourth one right here. Um, he's not really up very high, but there's like cranes and stuff around, so I guess it's kind of a little hazardous. Depending on the shot, it looks like he's higher. He's above water. I was wondering if I, if I was in the situation, I might have tried jumping just into the water. Yeah. But then, like, the helicopter would have crashed and exploded, probably, so that's not good. In the water? Would have just made a big splash. Man, yeah. Who knows? Um, Casey sees the trucks on, like, flying the helicopter, and he, he calls him, which seems like, I mean, like, answering a phone, you're not supposed to text and drive, you're not supposed to talk on the phone and drive, so, like, fly a helicopter and drive, but it was a different time. It was 2007, so I guess I'll, I'll let that one slide, John Casey. But he does that thing that they always do in TV shows where he's, like, presumably describing, like, what Chuck should do in, like, the actual, like, flight military terms. And then Chuck is like, what? Speak English. And then he says, like, the normal, like, simple thing that Chuck would understand, which, like, he should know that Chuck wouldn't understand the first thing. So I don't know why he's wasting his time. Um, Chuck apparently doesn't either because he asked Casey to put Sarah on the phone. Sarah is, like, a really calming presence, and she tells Chuck to pretend it's a video game. Um... That makes Chuck more confident, and he lands the helicopter. So this little uh, fourth column of man versus helicopter is resolved. Um, I guess basically just because Sarah is smarter and kinder. Yes. Because, not necessarily because she's a woman, but probably (laughs) because she's a woman, that she understands how to communicate and take care of someone instead of Casey just being a macho man, just yelling instructions at him. Yeah. But speaking of yelling, as soon as they get on the ground, Sarah and Casey start berating Chuck. Uh, first, for putting himself at risk, but Sarah pretty quickly devolves into that she's upset that Chuck didn't trust her um, and thought she was a double agent. So my perception of this is that she's having like a little bit of trauma because like Bryce betrayed her and was a double agent. 
But she also is just, like, really upset that Chuck didn't trust her, and she says if he ever, like, questions her again, they're just going to take everybody back to Washington. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't oh, know, she's man. laying down the law. <laughs> We've all been there, am I right, fellas? Um, the next scene is one of the last scenes, which I really liked. It's kind of like a mishmash, overlapping scene of Chuck going to Bryce's funeral and Ellie giving him some advice about, like, patching things up with Sarah, um, which is good advice, even though she doesn't know, like, the stuff with the spy things. Um, that kind of feeds back into what you were talking about earlier, like, the overlap of, like, life stuff with spy stuff. I really like, uh, Chuck italicized the show, not Chuck the character, but I really like how it it does that. Um, I did have a question about this, though, because Bryce is apparently from D.C. They, they make that pretty clear, <laughs> but his funeral is being held in L.A., and it was uh, his death was printed in the L.A. newspaper. So what's going on there? They also printed it in the newspaper just as Banker dies, <laughs> and it was on the obituary page. But he gets a really big picture as he he's a major significant figure, even though the whole point is that he's just another average... cog, wheel, wheel, cog in the wheel. Right, just another say. Joe Schmo, but he has a huge picture, and he's a spy, so yeah. they don't want to... Because he's good looking. It's Matt Bomber. So. But he, maybe he's originally from California, because he went to the Stanford, so yeah, okay. maybe yeah. that's why. All right. I was struck by how, at first, Chuck and, well, Chuck and Sarah are both doing the... Let's brood on the edge of the funeral. We'll yep. be at the cemetery, yep. and but will not be a part of the funeral. Yep. We'll just be mourning, uh, like really far away. Yes, they're doing which that. is how you, I guess, in movies and TV shows, everyone yep. goes to these things. But they're both doing it, and they didn't show any actual funeral goers no. at first. So I was wondering if it was just them doing that, <laughs> which would be a really sad funeral if they have all the stuff set up. Maybe in a sarcophagus. Yeah. That, in a suit. And there are only two people standing very far away. But then they show funeral goers. Yeah. And Sarah leaves because she's sad. So we see a little bit more of her relationship with Bryce. She's, she's sad. That's all we know. Um, Casey is also there, standing like a little bit farther away. Brooding even them. more He's than they're brooding. brooding in the distance. He has a phone call with Beckman. My light, my love, my stars. And... Um, <laughs> She says that there's going to be a new intersect up and running in six months. Casey asks, what does that mean we're going to do with Chuck? She says, you're going to, she basically says that he's going to get killed. They're going to have to kill him. Dun, so, dun, dun, dun. Um, the last scene is back in the Wienerlicious, everyone's favorite locale. Jumping back into the Wienerlicious. It's not where Everybody I Everybody hop on board the Wienerlicious. The water's warm. Um, Very warm. Warm enough to cook hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. I used to like... But not warm enough to vaporize human no, bodies. No, not. Um, I used to like boiled hot dogs a lot. They were, like, my favorite kind of hot dogs. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> um, Chuck goes to visit Sarah there and apologize. They have, like, a little heart-to-heart where Sarah has another good line where she says some people want to be heroes and other people have to be asked. I don't know if which one Chuck is. Like, that was unclear. Um, but they have, like, a little heart-to-heart and it's nice. <laughs> Is that, that's kind of her nice way of being like, don't be an idiot? I don't know, don't like, was stupid. she saying that he I'm was trying to be, to be a, a hero? hero? And, like, when he, like, tried to rescue her, was he being a hero then? Or does he need to be asked? I wasn't really, like... Some people are born heroes, but some people... That's not... No. Well, he thanks her for being a veteran. <laughs> does I he? I thought that was nice. Yeah, because he, he say said... that? In that, right before then, he talks about how he appreciates... 
he apologizes for not listening or not trusting her, and then he thanks her for protecting the country. Service. Okay, yeah, that's true. Which I thought was nice. Yeah, that's nice of him. Thanks, Chuck. Because I, I don't appreciate... I mean, I do now, but I just never thought that I should be appreciating Sarah Moore as a veteran. Yeah, you should. Our country. Very, yeah, she and for all the, all the real people us. who protect our country on a daily basis. Thanks, thanks everyone. Um, Chuck has invited Ellie, Devin, and Morgan to Sarah's place of employment to give that dinner another try. Which they already know about, I'm assuming, because they... Um, She is working. She is the only person working, so she cannot really take a break to uh, contribute to this. I think they're putting her in an awful position. But, you know, it's kind of a nice gesture, so... Maybe she'll give him a discount? Yeah. Um, she gives Chuck, like, a very burnt corn dog, which he eats. And that's, she does a Louisiana corn dog. Yeah, delicious. Oh, man. My uh, final comment about this is that we have still not had the intro. We had, like, kind of a fun thing where, like, everybody's names were written on screen in the font that the intro had. But there is still no short skirt, long jacket going on. There is still no of that little animated man. So, very disappointed. We'll get there. Yeah. Maybe next episode. Maybe. One can hope. I think it is time to move on to the next part of our show, but before that, we're going to take a quick break. This is Go Chuck Yourself. Episode 2, Chuck versus the Helicopter. And guess what? Chuck won. He did. Unless you... Yeah, no, I guess he won. He kind of won. I mean, the helicopter's still alive. Is he? (laughs) Wait, was he alive to begin with? Yes. Alright, we'll be right back. Yourself, episode two, discussing Chuck versus the helicopter. Uh, we got just a few more things to touch upon and wrap up real quick. One of which is a segment that we all know and love here as interesting information with Aaron. Woo! I'm not wearing rings, so I confess this time. That's a throwback. Yeah. This is something that we saw a little bit of in this episode. I think it starts to get really crazy in the future episodes, but Chuck has a very specific face that he makes when he has a flash. Mm-hmm. Um, one might call it a, a flash face. I remember discussing with one of my friends when I was first watching Chuck that um, Zachary Levi had said in an interview that he wished he had chosen a different flash face because uh, making that often um, is painful and also weird. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. He does have to make the face all the time. Yeah. So as we, uh, if you're watching along, as we move forward, pay attention to his face and how weird it is, and uh, take little screenshots of it. It'll be great. Tweet him at Zach. He'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if there is any kind of Shazam face that he will use his Flash face oh, uh, experience for. He could have taken a... Uh... A cue from That's So Raven's book. Oh my god. Raven's face, I think, is pretty That good. also... That's a uh, sustainable face right there. Yeah. That's uh, that's coming back as well. Uh, Raven has a son who is also psychic. Um, I think there was a trailer for that that dropped as well. Not at Comic-Con, just in general. That's already back, though. Is it? It's called Raven's House. Oh yeah, it is. It's Not to be confused with Cory in the house, which is another house, but a different house. Right. But oh, also man, Corey would not Raven. be in the house now. No, Corey would not be in the no. house. No. No. Oh, no, that's sad. It was a simpler time, though. It's really sad. I'm just saying. Corey. Don't blame me. Don't. 
Corey can do whatever he wants. No, he can. We support him. Yes, he can. So. That was interesting that's information. That's all interesting there. information. Great, great. There's a lot of good music in this episode. There's a lot of good music. Um, one of the ones we wanted to highlight was Gone, Daddy Gone by Gnarls Barkley. Yep. It's it, actually a cover, I think, of the Violent Femmes. Okay. But that they use it a that. lot in yes. this episode, and it's a fun song. It's but a recurring. It's good. I mean, I miss Cobra Style. I miss Cake, but... I'll, uh, I'll take this one. It was fun. The opening, the running sequence was Lust for Life by Iggy Pop, too. Iggy Pop. Which is a classic song. Yep. Who we referenced in the last episode. Yeah, we did. Oh, man. So much, so cohesive. So many callbacks. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. Um, storytellers, right here. Storytellers. Storytellers. That's how you have to say it every time you say it. Oh, jeez. If I have to do that, then when you say Beckman's name, you have oh, to God. say... My star, my light. Yeah. What did you say? Uh, I, I don't know. I said a okay. different thing every time. My sun and stars. My light, my life. The wind beneath my wings. Well, you just said it so naturally. It just yeah. felt like it just came from a really genuine, sincere it place. It did. That it you really were... does. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, we'll move on to another segment. Speaking of love, uh, this is Chuck, Mary Kill. Chuck colon, Mary Kill, uh, where we identify something, part of the show that we'd like to marry, and a part of this episode that we would like to kill. Uh, and once again, I've said this disclaimer previously, but I'll say it again. We all know that if I was able to marry a part of the show, I would marry the buy more security system. No, that's not true. I would marry uh, Sarah Walker. That's what I would do. Let's just get it out there right now. It's fine. No one's thinking about it. I'm not obsessed <laughs> with it. No one cares. So we'll move on to other parts of the show that uh, we will marry and kill. Not the same ones. We won't, we won't marry and then kill people. We might. Who knows? <laughs> we might. Who knows when you're listening to this? Uh, would you like to go first? Uh, sure. Um, so I'm doing this week. I am doing Mary uh, Chuck Mary Kill Attitude Edition. Ooh. I really honed in on some attitudes okay. of the characters this time. Tell me more. So for my my uh, my Mary selection, I would like to marry Captain Awesome's attitude. Because I really respected his how chill he was during the dinner scene. It was pretty This chill. is his home. This is his girlfriend's family. It's not necessarily his family. But he's so laid back, so comfortable, just man of the house. Whatever happens, happens. He's just having a good time. He's relaxed. And I really admired that. And uh, maybe we'll try to emulate that in my life. Good luck. Thanks. Um, for me... Good Chuck. Good Chuck. Obviously, I'm going to say Beckman, who I love with all my heart. Um, she is part of my Mary choice, but it is, in fact, a tie, which I'm sorry, Beckman, but um, the final song in the episode is Challengers by the New Pornographers, and this song is actually part of the reason that I gave Chuck another shot way back when. Oh. Um, I was in a car with my friend Sarah, not Sarah Walker, but Sarah Yang, who is, in fact shares a name with one of the producers of the show, but it is not the same Sarah Yang. But Sarah and I were in the car, and this song was playing, and I said, what is this song? I love it. And she said, it's called Challengers. I know it from the show Chuck. And I said, hmm, oh. I'm going to have to give that show another try. So that song, to some extent, is part of the reason that we're sitting here today. Yeah. Oh. So, thanks. Nice. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Challengers. Great. Let's just really marinate, marinate in that love for a Mary, moment. Marinate. Let's marry that love. Yes. <laughs> And now, 
we're gonna get angry. We're, we're gonna, gonna go to the darker, kill section. Yeah. Darker. Yeah. Um, Fifty now, Shades. No. Fifty Shades of Chuck. Oh God, what would that even be? I guess. That's let's not question. Okay. Let's not um, talk about it. So for my attitude edition, I decided to kill Casey's attitude because he was being a real dick this episode. <laughs> um, aside from, I won't get back into the body vaporizing thing, which is so sloppy and terrible detective work. Um, the at the end of the episode, and we didn't talk about this before, but after that, Chuck lands a helicopter and. Casey and Sarah are confronting him and saying, like, you really shouldn't have done that. What are you doing? Why don't you trust us? Blah, blah, blah. Sarah, as Aaron said, Sarah freaks out at Chuck and says, I need you to trust me. If you don't trust me, we're all going to leave. Sarah's pissed. Yeah. And then Casey says, way to go. <laughs> and I was so upset by that because, oh, I don't know. Who's the first person who told Chuck not to trust Sarah? Oh, wait, it was Casey. <laughs> It's all Casey's fault, and he's blaming Chuck like, wow, you're an idiot. Why did you think that? He's just, is he, he it's just, uh, it's like, come on, Casey. Yeah. Don't be, don't be a jerk. So we're going to kill that attitude. Bad attitude. My kill, no question, is Devin's outfit at the end of the episode. He's wearing, uh, it's like a plaid short sleeve button down over like a beige t-shirt and then like some jeans. Uh, he's he's going out to meet his uh, his girlfriend's brother's new girlfriend at her place of employment, Wienerlicious. He should, like, I don't know, they're having a nice dinner together. Like, come on, Devin, like, pick it up for the occasion. Why are you going to wear this weird, like, he's supposed to be cool. He's supposed to be awesome. That effort was not awesome. But I think he is awesome because he's true to himself. Isn't that what being awesome is all about? All right. Alright, so that was Chuck Mary Kill, and now we are moving on to the segment Does It Hold Up? in which we decide, based on this episode, if Chuck as a series holds up to the pedestal that I have put it on as a teenager, <laughs> and would I continue watching it now as an adult, as um, someone who knows better. Yeah, what do you think? I, mm, I'm a little torn on this one, just because I, I don't know, I may have, I may have just been a little tired when I was viewing it this mm-hmm. time. I also think that the having watched the entire show at some point, this is the first episode. The pilot doesn't really follow the structure, mm-hmm. but there is definitely a Chuck structure that they yeah. use a lot in episodes. So, and they use it in this one where they introduce a character, generally going to be the antagonist, and is kind of quirky or weird, and then they resolve the antagonist, and by the end of the episode, that it's like that antagonist never existed. Yeah, um, they do. So I, it was kind of predictable in that sense, but only because I've I've seen it before. So if I was re-watching it, and uh, I really liked the scene, the dinner scene was really good, that surprised me mm-hmm. about how much I liked it, and I also, I guess the helicopter scene is fine, it didn't blow me away by any means, <laughs> it didn't vaporize me, yeah. but um, I think I would, I would continue watching it, because I think it proposes, or it introduces a lot of questions that I would like to see how they resolve. Yeah. Uh, I think this episode this episode took a lot of uh, big swings, and mm. when it missed, it seemed to miss a lot. Um, I, as as I've mentioned, I did not care for a lot of the um, lead up to getting them to the dinner. Um, I thought a lot of the logical fallacies that were made, such as the uh, the incinerator, the body vaporizing, uh, Ellie inviting Sarah for dinner, Chuck inviting all his friends and family to Sarah's place of employment, all that. Um, 
bothered me a lot more than any of the issues that I saw in the pilot, but I think the things that it swung for and that it uh, collided with in this metaphor, the things that um, did work, worked really well for me. I thought that maybe the structure with the doctor, like that, that whole resolution wasn't amazing, but I think like the, the beginning scene with Chuck running, um, the kind of uh, combination of, oh, here it goes. Good, we couldn't end an episode without my cat scratching his scratcher. He's, that's, the, uh, that's the alarm to let you know the episode's almost over. Uh, basically, I think that this episode was solid in a lot of ways, and I would probably give it another shot, go to episode three. Um, so, good, good work. Yeah, so it sounds like we're on the same page. Yeah. We're both not as blown away as by the yeah. pilot, which probably had a lot more time and yeah. effort put into it. Uh, second episode, yeah. obviously a tricky one to pull off. And as Erin mentioned, her cat uh, was sitting with us this whole time. Quietly. He just sat up and he yawned and then got out of his chair and walked over the scratching post and is now walking away. So I think yeah. that's our time our to wrap it up. And we're going to try out some new closing phrases to uh, pay respect to the real hero of Chuck at least episode one, I'll go as far to say maybe the entire season. Maybe, maybe the even the whole series. Season. Yeah, maybe. The uh, Serbian porn star Irene Domova. And uh, we're going to sign off using her catchphrases that are on her website. I'm Chris Gillespie. Food is sexy. I'm Aaron Arata. Anything is possible. That's right. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Drive safe. Hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadokawa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us using at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.